Hello, everyone. Hello. Why, why don't you start, Arles? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Say hello to everyone. <laughs> oh, well, hi, everyone. Thank you for coming again and tuning in with us here, Awakening uh, the Healer Within, with another discussion with me and the lovely Victoria. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about the different planes of existence and touching in on the ancestor, on the ancestors as well. That's our conversation for today. We're going to try. I don't know if yeah. we're going <laughs> to. It's a Monday. We partied too hard this week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have back-to-back sessions. Yeah, that's a party, don't you think? That's a big party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me when I was like, 21 22 trying to go out and then crashing the next day but you know when you're young it doesn't feel this bad right we're still young we're still young we're friends yeah. um i don't even know where to really start with the planes of existence i think that um just starting on touching on the left and the right right because i feel like we didn't you talked about it um, but I, I just wanted a little bit more because the basic is the left is a little <laughs> tricky, a little darker, and then the right is, I guess, where we really want to go. So I don't know if you wanted to just touch on the left and the right to start off with. Well, let's see. So the, the planes, the channel informations, uh, they said that there are 36 planes. Um, I have not been able to find evidence of that, um, and I looked. The one that I found that I think I put on um, PDF file, did I put a PDF? I don't remember. On the um, lesson, I don't remember seeing one. Okay. I'll show you this. Um, it's interesting because this one refers to 31 planes of a system. Um, what they told me is 36, so I'm still looking for more, just for my own, um, you know, research purposes. It's good to do research. Yeah. It's important to do research. So this is a Buddha, a Buddhist document, actually. And can you see it? Yeah, I can. So in this, let me start here so you guys can research it. The 31 planes of existence. I'm not even going to try Ben, Subano, Mahatera. <laughs> so, with love and respect. <laughs> with love and respect, yes. So the, this document is actually pretty cool because some of I don't agree with all of the things here based on what I have been channeling and what I know from the information that I have received before the program for many years. So, but the thing that I found interesting is that they actually get to 31, that this is the only document, the only book that I have found that really explains a little bit about the different planes. Um, and the reason why I find this fascinating is because they go into, let me see if I can pull it up. They go into some of the things that we discuss in other lessons. 31 planes, 31 planes of existence. So they, I think it starts around here where they talk about the first days of, um, you know, they go through the different levels, including what some of us consider hell, the deprivation, um, 
uh, the, 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 the deprivation planes, all of these are planes. Okay. Um, and the thing that I found fascinating is that they have obviously different ones for, for different beings, um, the hungry ghosts, the animals, the demons, and you know, eventually you get to the human beings and then you also get to the gods and goddesses, the three gods. The, the, in the tablets of some of the ancient tablets, you're going to find that some of these tablets do refer to the three gods, um, Ishtar, and, you know, like the, that whole combination of what it means to, let me put this back on so you guys, oh, okay, before you get to that, let me show you this. Um, so in those plan, in those tablets, ancient tablets, we do talk about the, the creation of this planet and all of that, and some of it actually matches the information of the gods, um, planes that they talk about in that PDF that I show you. In this document here, this is from a, the, the link to the referral is in Ian Lawton, and the link to that, um, this thing is in the lecture. So okay. here, and this one I pull from online, from this link here. Um, but this is pretty much a very basic um, explanation of what we saw before. And it doesn't take everything in consideration, but here you can see that they go through three, four, five, six, seven. With those those seven, there are different ones within them. So you see here, this is one, this is two, three, four, five, and so on. So they're dividing it in different ways. The only reason why this is important is because first of all, when we later, um, let me turn this back on. Um, when we start talking about what's coming up next with a different, okay, let me put it in this way. The planes of a system are actually within us, within ourselves. Okay. Which is something that might not make a lot of sense at the beginning, but we had to take it little by little to get to this point where people can understand that the, the different planes that we talk about not only are in the cosmos, but they're also part of our body, which is insane because when you start really looking at the planes, it's talking about the hell. Where is the hell is really in our mind? Mm. It's talking about the left and the, and, and we also talk about the left and the right plane, but this is the division within our brain, no understanding things. Um, but because we're energy beings, we create these demons, these beings, and through the evolution of the, the planet, these things and the, the cosmos, these things actually have energy. They, and when the soul split, split it, it split it, and there were beings that were made just to express and feel this love and light. And there were beings that were created, 11-11, created mm -hmm. for the purpose of actually 
feeling the negative aspect of what it means to be a negative being. And because of this, it's hard for us to understand, like, why would the creator do this, right? But there is something crazy going on, if you really think about it, because they, even within ourselves, we find that we, um, mm-hmm. they recently showed me a gate here through the, through the side of the mouth that goes through and it actually leads to the dimension of hell through the words that we create, that we say to ourselves. Meaning, and this is something that you can find that in the Bible, you can find that in any ancient scripture that is, um, that they actually try to leave us clue. The word, we always hear this, the word of God, the God is the word, the word is God. And it's like this, um, if we understand the power of words, we'll, we'll see how this actually creates is l- like infinite. The, the, everything that you say create different planets, create different stars. In quantum healing, we see that people can see themselves as a planet, as a star. And, and they're like, wow. And they understand. And it's like... Um, we all can do that. We all can do that because we, every time that we speak and we say something, we create. So therefore, you might have a negative thought. And by the time that you process this thought, you have created something within the cosmos that even though you don't decide to do it, it's still there. And somebody else might give it energy. You might even give it more energy later. So the planes of existence is not only outside of us but it's also inside of us the left planes of a system when we go through the dreams to learn to to um, process different lessons that we have to process to pick up training sometimes we go through the trainings so unfortunately because of how the universe the cosmos was created we have the planes that we call the left plane just for simplicity's sake okay um the left planes where the negative things are the left planes also is you sleep the neighbor sleep i sleep and if we're releasing negative things that we picked up through the day we find it in the left planes so when you go to sleep if you're going through the negative training the left plane training you're going to find a lot of turbulence there because it's a lot of negative things that collectively we're giving back to the consciousness. Because when we sleep, the first thing that we do is we, we give back information. Yes. That information becomes energy because everything is energy. When we go through the left plane for training, all we're doing is seeing ourselves, the aspects of ourselves, the aspects of people around us or in the collective, sometimes even other um, dimensions where things that need to be, sometimes you see things that are very disturbing. Sometimes you see things that are like um, a little disturbing. Sometimes you see like evil looking things and it's all from the memories that we're giving back to the consciousness, to to the universe. So when we go through, when we go through the left plane, what we're doing is, we're 
learning from those if you know what you're doing you can learn better that you're picking up information this is what the collective somehow it might be the neighbor it might be people that you don't know it might be yourself that's why there is always a message what did you learn from it because no matter who um, is giving you that information and you're there to pick up that information there is something to learn from it when you go to the right plane it's an easier time (laughs) (laughs) it's more loving (laughs) okay (laughs) so Um, my I was going to ask with the training, because you say training. So when we go into these trainings, are they like, do we remember them or are they just, do they just seem like another dream to us is is kind of where I'm going with it. The more people practice lucid dreaming, the more they're going to be able to interact in the dreams. Okay. A lot of people don't remember, especially if it's, um, it doesn't matter how beautiful, how terrifying it is. If they're not training themselves, it's, it's hard for people to remember because we, you hear all the time, oh, I don't sleep. I'm like, that's not true. Or I don't, I don't dream. If you don't sleep, you die because that's yeah. where you get healing. <laughs> yes. So that when people don't sleep a lot, they have a lot of stress. They bring a lot of illnesses because they're not, receiving the healing during the dream state that everybody receives right and it only lasts a few minutes but it's so important because it harmonizes the muscles the hormones everything it's almost like you know when somebody pays a shaman to do a healing for them and align things or when we do like a special bath to align the aura film that's what we do every day when we sleep so when we do that, we're getting those three minutes that are three to five minutes that are extremely powerful. And then we wake up feeling better. But if we don't go through the, through the dream state and the different levels, then we don't really get. That's why it's at the beginning almost. Like as soon as you fall asleep, you give the information. Once you give that information, you start feeling better and then you get your healing. So to train yourself to remember these or to become a little bit better with lucid dreaming, does that, like, what do we do? Are we just meditating for that? Or, or is that what you talked about, honing in on that intention before you go to sleep? It goes back to the intention and waking up to ride the dream. What? Don't get up. Don't talk to anyone. Don't look at your phone. Right when you wake up, close your eyes again, go through your dreams until you train yourself to remember everything or 90% of everything. Wow, because that's my biggest issue. I wake up and I'm like, well, I'm tired, so I must have have a dream, but it'll be a blank, a complete blank slate. Like, I won't read. There's nights that I remember everything and other nights that I don't remember a thing. So that's very interesting. Okay, so do you recommend having like a little notebook on the side of your bed that you kind of could just refer to first thing in the morning type of situation? Yeah, sometimes I just put clues, like if I think I'm going to forget, I wake up in the middle of the night and I write one sentence that it can lead me back to that moment. Okay, okay. I felt that was kind of cheating because I would do that. (laughs) Sometimes cheating is okay. (laughs) The other question that I wanted to ask you about is that you touch on how turbulences in these different planes could really 
I guess, confuse you or, you know, uh, get you lost in these places, what kind of turbulence, like, by turbulence, what do you mean? What could okay. we encounter? So in, in the astral planes, unfortunately, we do have um, spirits that are not very nice. <laughs> so <laughs> they might confuse you. You might think that you are meeting with your boyfriend in the astral plane for a dream. In this dream, you see your boyfriend, but it's not your boyfriend. Because you haven't learned discernment, you think it's, it's your boyfriend. And then you might have actually um, like sex with this person thinking that is your boyfriend. But if you do and it's something else, like a succubus or something like that, that means that you're being marked. So it's easier for them to find you next time you're there. So you do have to start working with the um, discipline to make sure that you remove those beings from being able to mark you. So if you go through the astral plane and you're working with energy discernment, you will know um, that that's not my boyfriend because right. some, something will let you know it's something. There is always a clue, but if we're not paying attention, we don't know. So I will say the first thing that people really need to work with is energy discernment. Do we know how to discern energy? And if you don't, you need to put an intention to really learn energy discernment. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, my other question as far as the planes would be, what is our goal? Where, where is it that we ultimately want to end up? Because we know there's a lot of planes that we could go through, right? But do I want to be in the emotional? Do I want to be in the intuitive? Like, where is it that I should want to end up so that I could really, you know, open myself up to all the possibilities. Okay, so here, let me just explain it this way. In the planes, depending on your intention, you're going to land in one of those places. Mm. And obviously, there are 36 or more. Who knows? Maybe they gave me 36 just for something else that is coming in the future. Okay. So, but at the moment, this is what I know. There are 36 planes. Within this plane, there are many planes, many planes, many planes. Based on the intention that we have, we land in one of those planes. So let's say you want to have an intention to work with your spirit guide. You're going to land somewhere here. And you're going to skip these lower planes here when you're training yourself. If you're not training yourself, Obviously, you're gonna, they're going to have to come down and meet you halfway. Okay. The more you raise your energy, your vibration, the higher you can go to different, you can go to source, you can go to the high levels, the elders. So you can go and skip some planes so you don't have to, you know, the beginning, I was a lot in the astral planes because I was going through a lot of training. Eventually, you can say that I graduated. <laughs> so when I graduated <laughs> I'm able to skip the planes the, the astral plane the astral plane is very confusing at times you, you can fly in the astral plane because you become etheric like energy right you can go through right. the, that state of becoming energy being and 
is lighter so you can fly you can do things that you cannot do and we love being in the astral plane <laughs> because we do things that we cannot do here right if you're training yourself you can do that very well but if you don't depending on what you're working on the activations that you're going through you might be a lot in the left plane for training purposes or because of the decisions you make like over drinking drugs alcohol you know like situation like that um it could be anger the words that we say lead us to the left planes a lot of the time um you know it could be the things that you're doing like having sex with people that you don't really know so you create this energy um exchange and now you have to figure out what they're dealing with and you have no idea what you having this type of situations going on because now you pick you merge with someone that might have a lot of work to do for themselves so that's why we have to be very careful who we give our energy to in general not just you know sexual energy but the when we go through the left plane if you're doing your things and you're going through the left plane you know you're going through some type of training and the thing the most important thing to remember if you're going through your awakening and you're on the left planes or you're somewhere where you feel not very positive and things are very you know like like you feel the disturbance then you know you're going through a training and if you know you're going through a training you stay you stay on your power you don't allow yourself to become scared and it's very easy to become scared because it can be terrifying but once you know that you're just really going through a training it's easier for you to invoke the love energy in order for you to push those things away it's easier for you to come up with your own prayer that invokes that energy or ask for you know like archangel michael or whoever's your protector to come through and fight with you side by side you know what i mean like it it becomes um, a training for you to know that you can overcome anything. And this is very important because part of your awakening is knowing um, how to manipulate these type of energies, send them back to where they belong without fear, because if you have fear, you just give them power. Mm. Wow, I love it. I always love how our conversations end up going. <laughs> I know. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on with the planes of existence? No, I think the most important, okay, yes, this is important. The, <laughs> there are different, um, let me share this again. There are different spirit guides. There, this is a whole level here. Just like we have an energy, just like we remember in the soul split, that we talked about how we split yes the same thing happens with the groups of the spirit guys where one spirit guys have different path that's why in a lot of cultures you'll see that spiritual uh, practices you'll see that we said a path of i don't know chango a path of anaisa a path of believel khan or archangel michael too has different path depending on um what things they came to work with the and archangel michael has different path not because of the angel 
representation in him, but because it's syncretized with different spirit guides in different cultures. So you oh, will okay. see like the angels don't have path, but because they're syncretized with, like for example, Archangel Raphael um, is syncretized with a native Taino uh, spirit guide. So when we think of him, uh, we also call him the energy of Raphael. But wow. who is coming to mount us is the Taino spirit guide. So these people here, these guys, were humans at one point, and they have elevated to the point where they are now spirit guides. Because they're spirit guides, they're spirit guides also for the right plane, and they're spirit guides that also deal with the left plane. The same spirit guide can divide multiple times. So it will be, now it will be easy for you to see how one spirit guide will do something for one person but, and something completely different for someone else because oh. they have different paths. They have different vueltas. They have different caminos where they have been really nice and they have been really evil. So in the way that we work with them actually um, just means you decide how you work with them because it is through our intentions that we decide, they decide which one is coming to work with you. So, wow. you know, that's important because sometimes you'll see that someone says, oh, um, I don't know, like I work with so-and-so. Doesn't mean that it's the same energy that you work with if you work with a spirit guy. Um, and then when we talk about the ancestors, we're going to move into the ancestors in a second. I'll show this uh, to explain also how the ancestors go from this plane here to the astral and so on. Wow. That made me think of, um, could that also be considered like when you talked about how, you know, how with someone they'll like help someone this way, but with someone else they might not. So could you think of like, who am I thinking about? Um, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Candelo. I want to say uh, like maybe, I don't know, is it Papa Legba? They say some, like he could trick some or he could, you know what I mean? That's the oh. first person who popped into my head. Yeah, it's a great example because okay. Papa Legba, <laughs> um, he has, in Ifa, he has different paths. He's not only issue which some people consider to be the devil. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, but he is um, Elekba. So in his front, he's mm -hmm. Elekba. And in the back, he's Eshu. Mm -hmm. But now when you think about Eshu, all that you understand, um, that we will be able to understand in this physical language is that... Um, the reason why Eshu is in the back is because in the back we have the, the, mouth, the mouth of God chakra. Oh. And that chakra controls our challenges, controls our obstacles, controls this chakra when not properly maintained and your thoughts are not clear and cleans and in a higher vibration. All you do is remember the bad things. I will say to you, you look beautiful. And you might think, oh, she said it with a weird thing. So now, <laughs> inside, you're remembering that I'm not a good person because 
I looked at your little phone when I say you look beautiful. And it sits right here. So Eshu in the back of the in the back of us represents the challenges that we have to overcome in order for us to completely um, rise in consciousness. Wow. So, but some people will consider him to be evil because it can be you have to work hard to cleanse that area, to cleanse your memories, to cleanse your thoughts, to cleanse your words, to really walk the right path. You gotta work hard. It's not easy. So yeah. he's the he's the, like the challenger, the obstacle. <laughs> yeah. And that's why some people say that he's the devil. <laughs> but he has different paths. Um Eshu can bring you a lot of um, uh, wealth and, and happiness and balance when you work with the energy of understanding discernment of energy, when you understand how to really reflect and, you know, this thing controls our feet and controls our entire body because this thing here, if this is not operating, that's why you see people that are disabled if something happens right. back here because he controls everything else from the head down. So not only that, but the Kundalini that comes through the spine goes through here and releases the fluid. So you cannot have an awakening without properly activating this chakra and cleansing all the memories, the imprints, the, all the negativity. Um, it's like this creates a triangle with the crown and the third eye in order for you to go through your ascension process. Oh, I wonder if that's why I've seen people, like when they take Florida water, they go to like really cleanse real quick. I'll see them third eye and then I'll see them all back there. And I never really, and I'm like, maybe it's just protection front and back, but I never thought of it with the, you called it the God chakra, right? The mouth of God, the mouth, the mouth of the of goddess. God. Oh, wow. That is so interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, I'm pulling up my notes for the ancestors. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> all right. I thought it was honestly so interesting because, you know, when we think of our ancestors, we just think of people who are there to help us, you know, to help guide us, whatever the case may be. And one of the first things that you talked about was how we have to be careful who we um, allow through to interact because they could possibly be taking energy from you. And that's our ancestors already. So um, <clears throat> I was going to ask, how is it that we even start a relationship with our kids? Like someone like me, I never really had like any... Um, I don't want to say training, but I never learned on even how to connect with the ancestors. So I thought maybe starting there would be important just to get that, you know, so we know how to be careful with them. Well, it's not that we have to be afraid. Um, I always said to be careful at the beginning when you don't know your power, mm -hmm. because it's easy for us to get afraid and to be convinced. There are sometimes a test, you can say, or spirits that come through and give you information that is not proper they give you something that is true and then they everything else is a little off but first they give you something that is true in order for you to trust them to to 
really know, oh yeah, how do they know that I have, I don't know, like for example, I have this, this client, she's like, um, I know that the spirit was real because um, they say I put on white panties and I was going somewhere because they're following us, of course, right? Right. <laughs> um, but in her mind, it was like, this person really knows, this spirit really knows. And he ended up being a trickster spirit. Oh, by the way, Papa Legba also is considered a trickster spirit because of the whole situation with the back. So, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's tests. Sometimes it's that you're really receiving information that is known, that is guiding you to know the best thing. The only reason why I said to be careful with calling in and we have different ancestors. Right. We ourselves haven't been the best people ever, right? right? Because we have made mistakes. Some ancestors have died tragically. Some have been maybe molesters, you know, thousands of years ago, or they have killed people just for the pleasure of it. Who knows? Like, in order for us to have, to be here now in this generation, we have to have, like, hundreds of thousands of ancestors once you do the wow. math it's like you know like if you even go back four generations that's a lot of ancestors so now go back a few hundreds and you'll see that you have to have thousands of ancestors to be here today now if you think about the soul split that means that you have thousands and thousands millions probably ancestors right yeah. <laughs> so and sometimes you come with ancestors that are not even part of your bloodline. They're just um, mission-related ancestors. So the reason why I said always call in for the ones that have the highest intention for you is because then you make a rule. You give them a rule. Once you make that rule, that intention and that command is a command. They cannot um, trespass. Because if you say, I'm calling in for my ancestor, anyone can come through. Whoever needs um, to help you to then to ascend, but they might not be at the level that they can ascend because they're still paying for, um, not paying, but still learning from, learning. or they might be stuck somewhere. So now you're calling in that energy. And because we are so powerful with the things that we say, we can call in anyone. So that's why we have to say, I'm calling in for the ancestors that have, just like the spirit guys, that have the best intention for me now. Okay. Um, and that just makes it easy for you to feel protected. And because if you don't feel protected, then you're going to really attract things that you don't want. And when you do that, you're also letting them know, this is for the highest good. This is no... Good to play with anything else that doesn't need to be played with. Understood. So in, uh, cause you touched on some of them still have not really lessons, but they just have to continue elevating. And I know that you mentioned that some of them have assignments that they have to go through. So I don't know if that could be like, is that the same thing? Um, and how are we able to help them through these assignments or help them elevate? And how can we do that? Right, so the, when we pass, we go through learning, we go through school, we learn. Then when we learn, we get dispatched if we're ready. Sometimes the we're spirit not. is not ready. 
So the spirit might not be ready, but if they're ready, they get assignments and they get assigned to specific family members to become guardians. Um, for example, my cousin, his father died three years ago. And when we did a quantum healing, he found out that his father was now his main guardian. So they replaced role with the previous guardian. Oh, wow. Um, right. So when they're ready to do that, they be, sometimes people die um, to end the contract so they can become a spirit guide for the people that are here now to help them complete the mission because it's almost like they put a, you know, in a contract, in a, the lawyer will put um, rules like if this doesn't happen, then this happened. Mm -hmm. Well, in this case, I had a friend, um, th this is in the Dominican Republic, and the, the friend had the husband die. The husband died, he was very young, and I think he was like in his 20s, and they were a very young couple, and he died of a fever out of nowhere. Wow. And when we did a session, uh, she found out that he died because he needed to come back and help the family complete their mission because they were not heading the right way. So people decide to transition to be able to help faster because the person might be more elevated or they might have a specific mission um, that says be, because they need to learn how to be a guy, we, they need to transition first so they can help the person. It doesn't mean that they have more elevation or no, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just part of the contract. So when the ancestors have assignments, um, all that is that's saying is that they have a specific assignments that they have to complete successfully in order for them to continue their ascension process. Um, sometimes the ascension process for them doesn't mean that they're going to become, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It just means <laughs> that they have lessons to learn, just like we here have lessons to learn. And then they go through the recycling process. Wow. Oh, wow. That made me just think. So like, I'm guessing that in case there's many cases where people just pass away very suddenly and a family, they're very young or they were fine. And it's for situations like this. Wow. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that really changes, puts a lot of things into perspective, I should say. Um, so in working and working with them, I just wanted to talk to you about uh, setting up ancestors. How can we honor them? How can we, uh, you know, keep them present around us. And, and I really wanted to bring this up because I know that there are a lot of people who are still new to this and are still what they call in, uh, you know, which uh, closet witches <laughs> or like, you know, closet healers. So if they couldn't have like an altar set up in their home or something like that, what is still, a, you know, what is, is there still a way that we can still honor them and still communicate with them and still have that or something like that for them? Right, so you will see that um, even when we do quantum healing and people die in the quantum healing in other planets, there is always a ritual. And I find it fascinating because I'm like, they're in another planet. Why are they <laughs> doing funeral looking like rituals? And it's all to honor the presence, the energy of who the person was and for them to transition easily. So it's about the transitioning and helping them elevate. 
So with that in mind, we don't ask our ancestors to do anything that should be like a spirit guide or an ascendant master job, because then we can actually make it very hard for them to elevate. Could you so, give me an example of that though? Just because I don't I know. Let's be... let's yeah. So let's say I need a million dollars. Okay. I'm not going to ask my grandfather to help me get a million dollars because he might not have the resources to move energy in a way that allows me to think of the ideas in order for me to get a million dollars. It's not that I spent the money in my hand. Mm -hmm. When we work with the intention is help me do X. So for, if I want a million dollars, I'm not going to ask for the million dollars. I'm going to ask for the ideas and strategies and development for me to get a million dollars. So if my father, my grandfather was not a millionaire, how is he going to help me get a million dollars? Right. He was a farmer. <laughs> so, my, so I'm going to ask my father, my grandfather to give me ideas of what plants I can use for something. What can I do to better honor them? What, can I, what are they learning that I can tap into that learning? I'm going to be more conscious of what I ask of him right. compared to a spirit guy that is supposed to be more elevated. So the spirit guy, I'm going to say, listen, get me someone that, or you can ask for an, an ancestor that has been extremely financially successful in their life to come through, but you have to be very specific. Mm -hmm. With a spirit guy, if they cannot do that, for example, that's why we have spirit guys for love, for money, for, you know, obstacles to, you know, take down the walls of something, um, take down the enemies, like control the enemies, like not take them down, please don't do that. But control the enemies or um, like if you have a situation and you're clashing with someone, you can ask the spirit guide to help you figure out how to fix this or how to remove yourself completely. You have spirit guides that are going to be very good for um, healing of the energy center, healing of the root chakra, different spirit guides for different things. And some of them can do more than one thing, but um, they tend to be very uh, good with specific functions. So uh, if, if I want to find the love of my life, I might go to someone like Oshun or I don't know, or Anais Sapier, or I will go to Ursula Freda, the Virgin Mary, because these are spirits that have a lot of heart energy mm -hmm. right they work with the heart space they work with the expressions and sexuality some of them so if i if i'm not very sensual or i don't feel very feminine i might invoke oshun to help me with something but i'm not going to ask Candelo to help me be sensual because <laughs> it's a different energy yeah. so you know we, we have to for example, if I want to deal with the family or something like that, taking care of my family, being a good wife or whatever, I'm, I'm not married, but I'm giving you an example. I might work with a spirit that is very specific, ha, had a life where this spirit was very much a giving mother, a giving woman, a giving wife, compared to someone else that is a hard worker and will get a job done and probably work so hard that they were workaholic. Mm -hmm. So 
it doesn't match the energy, you see? So you have to match the energy. Same thing with the ancestors. You can ask for the ancestors to that, because we have thousands and thousands. So all we gotta do is connect and ask. All you gotta do is do a meditation and ask, what ancestor that has the highest intention for me can come through that has X and X experience, and you will get the name. And then when you get that name, it might be thousands of years ago, so your family won't know anything about them. Right. But because you did a meditation and you got the name, and now remember, you have to, the first thing that you have to work with is discerning energy because you don't want to invite something that is not, right? right. So honoring the ancestor helps you also to discern energy because they're like the front combat. Like, you know, in the army, when you have the people in the front line, the ancestors are the front line. So when you start working with them, it becomes so powerful that they will tell you what they want to eat or if they want a candle, if they want flowers. And, you know, we don't do this anymore where people will go to um, do prayers or chants or rituals for when our people die. But the reason why they did this in the past is because even in the ancient Egyptian, you'll see that they had rituals to help them transition from this plane to the next plane. So they wouldn't get lost and wouldn't get trapped in the different planes. So working with them allows them to um, go from, the ne from this step to the next step, but doing so very consciously. Like we don't want to ask them for something. For example, my grandmother, she was taking care of the family all the time. She was a beautiful person and all of that. But like I said, they didn't have um, the, the capacity, the, the mentality to see beyond, um, you know, like if, if you want something material or something like that. Very hardworking, very strategist people, but they had limitations because oh, we all have limitations, right? right? So we have to work within the limitations that they had to make sure that we don't ask them for something that they never experienced because then we just make it really hard for them. Like it's almost like we're sending them to be um, unsuccessful for the mission. Yeah. Setting them up for failure. I am right, right. So with the whole art or situation, it's not that you have to have anything um, because you keep it here. If you don't have, if you don't have the space to do a candle or to put a glass of water. Or flowers because sometimes that's all is needed mm -hmm. um, and I mean I think everybody has the space to do this because it's just flowers water and maybe a candle if you feel like lighting the candle ancestors love the candle because it's almost like it gives them clarity it, sh it gives it connects you to their energy so the candle becomes a very powerful tool for us because it's the fire energy and, and when we know that the more ascension they go through, that's why you see the saints with the solar disk and all of that. And I think yeah. we talked about it like that. That's mm -hmm. what the candle represents, that I'm lighting the way for you. I am lighting, igniting you, giving you positive energy in order for you to feel me and know that I'm working with you. 
Wow, that was beautiful. I love that. Because I remember you, you said it, but you said it in Spanish. Like, I think it's a fogo, right? Uh, like, it's a lighthouse. It's what? a lighthouse. Because you had mentioned, like, um, that we are some type of light to them. And I think you were trying to think of the word lighthouse, like a lighthouse uh, for a boat in the ocean. You know, they have a light that helps guide them even through the darkest of fogs and stuff like that. So now right. I keep picturing this lighthouse mm -hmm. um, type of effect. And then <laughs> I literally wrote, don't be demanding with them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be demanding with them. Um, that's so funny. Um, so the, what, go ahead. No. So the ancestors, um, in some cultures, you'll see that when the ancestors are ready to transition, if they have um, spiritual gifts, they can pass them to a descendant uh, before they transition. Uh, and there are rituals that are done to do this. Sometimes it happens after they transition because there is nobody in the family that knows or maybe they didn't do what they were supposed to do so they never activated all of their gifts and so on. Um, and we know that we all have different gifts. But when the ancestor has a, a, um, a gift that they were born with that is already activated and they just they don't know how to use it perhaps or it was like pushed down because they were afraid, it's still there. So what happened in some um, in some court in spiritual practices is that before they fully transition, uh, there is a priest or priestess that will help them transfer the gift to a grandson or a daughter or whoever is supposed to get the. They receive the information based on what they have noticed about who's around them that is ready to have that gift. Sometimes we pick up gifts from very ancient ancestors that we have no idea who they are um, just because of the mission that we have for this life. So they might be passing down the gift. It is in the bloodline. And because it's in the bloodline, um, you know, eventually somebody has to pick up the gift. Like it doesn't just go away. Um, sometimes it gets deactivated for you know, a couple of generations and it skips around depending, just waiting for the right person to come with the right energies to make things happen. So for example, I had a session um, and she was um, a descendant of Mary Magdalene and they show her the entire bloodline where she was actually tapping with, with the energy of Mary Magdalene to see some of her gifts and how now she has to put it into use. In my case, for example, like my grandfather, he has his gift. My grandmother had her own gift and their parents and grandparents um, also have had a lot of gifts. So I have traced the gifts a few generations back, but they are some of the strongest gifts come from ancestors that are very ancient. So you will, if you know how to work with the ancestor, if you're in one, in one of these um, spiritual practices, you probably know what I'm talking about. But basically, like for example, in, in Haiti, uh, there is a ritual that is done too before the person is transitioning to completely do, remove the knowledge from the person before they leave 
to give it to somebody else, to the next person that is supposed to handle it. Um, in some other cultures, um, the similar thing is done, and they do it to prevent when somebody dies and they're in a cemetery to prevent a weird, like, you know, like a weird uh, person, like somebody else announced that they were priest priests, prevent them from coming to take it when they're already buried. Because there are oh, wow. things that people will know how to do to do that. So that's why they do it before. So when they go to the cemetery, there is nothing there. And therefore, they cannot command that person. Because when they go and talk to that person, it's almost that they can command the person to do things. And that's sometimes how people get stuck in this, in this plane. Wow. Wow. It's anytime you think that you learned everything, you really did not learn everything. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that for people to get scared about anything like crazy Buddha and stuff like that. You don't have to worry about anything like that because I think with the rise of consciousness where we are right now, a lot of people know better, but there are places, there are spiritual practices when this, this is like an everyday thing. So definitely discernment again, discernment mm-hmm. of knowing where, where not to go, get initiated into some of these practices is very important. Wow, that was beautiful. I don't really have that many questions um, on them because, you know, it was, it was pretty straightforward. I just wanted to touch on those couple of things because I know a lot of us are preparing to go into the quantum healing session to connect with our ancestors Um, So the only other thing I wanted to touch on that I thought was really interesting was you said that some of our ancestors might not even look like us because a lot of people are going to be waiting on for them to look like uh, something similar. And a lot of them won't. They could be uh, other races. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know how to say it. Um, And I thought that was really interesting because you know, we might be waiting to see somebody that looks like us or something. And while we're ignoring, you know, an ancestor who's already like showing up and like, Hey, Hey, it's, it's me. Hello. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I thought that was a really interesting, um, uh, a point that you made there. And I wanted to bring it up again, just to, you know, just for the basis. Well, I think as we know, and, and again, we go back to the soul split, because and it fascinates me because at the beginning i'm like why are they talking to me about the soul (laughs) i think it was for this type of discussions where we are learning that you have been everything and i have been everything and the people in this course probably done the same thing and been everything (laughs) and so has the neighbor perhaps and people that we don't really respect and appreciate because we see them as different or evil or you know like I remember having this client here um, this person is like a billionaire and I'm like why is she here like everything should be perfect <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's not the case and right. it's, it, it was beautiful because you know we and I have worked with a lot of people that are very rich but I, I always find it fascinating because it's not about the money. It's, it's like the the diversity of, you know, I had someone that was um, barely able to make the, the payments for, and she couldn't even make 
the, a studio payment to leave for a specific reason. We might not understand something that is very deep into um, the teachings of another culture. For example, um, I had a client, she, she's Caribbean from which country? I don't know, but she's like African Caribbean. And she had uh, German uh, ancestors, ancient German ancestors. Um, and because of the things that she was dealing with, they wanted her to be more self-confident, more grounded in her, like, in her power. And she's not like that at all. So <laughs> they came to give her that energy of strength, of fortitude, of understanding that she can stay on her own two feet and that she can do anything she wants. She needed that energy, that male energy, that alpha male energy, where even like the Russian mothers, um, German's mother or whoever, she had like a couple of them, different cultures. And they came with a message like you can do this like you can stay on your own two feet you can make anything happen but she's like you know like very fragile and after that session she's like you know i don't know exactly how it happened i just feel like you know like feel mm -hmm. this thing inside <laughs> of me like i can move and you know she's very skinny and thin and i'm looking at her like with her little bunny <laughs> and i'm looking at her like yeah she's like yeah <laughs> but it's funny because it's like that we get the infusement of their energy when we really connect with the ancestors whether it is in meditation dreams quantum healing or just taking a walk and asking for them to come through and you will feel it once you do this enough, you'll feel it. Yes, that's for sure. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on with the ancestors? Anything no, I... Yeah, no, I think we're good. Um, thank you so much. And no, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one. Yes, bye-bye. <laughs> Ciao.